the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Mark Longoria. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Mark Longoria, Director of Ministry Development here at AM630 KSLR. You're listening to The Word in South Texas. This program is called Church of the Week, and it's my pleasure every week at this same hour to bring you a new pastor in and around San Antonio, because our our hope is that uh, you would uh, join yourself to the local community church. We appreciate you tuning in, maybe every day. Uh, you might be tuning in on our uh, AM 630 dial. You might be tuning in via our app, or you might be tuning in via our online stream at kslr.com. Uh, however it is you would like to listen, thank you for listening, but we don't want to be the substitute for the local church. We want you to be involved with a local community church, have someone that you can go to as your pastor, have a group of people that you can call your brothers and sisters in Christ that you can encourage with, with prayers and the Word of God, and that you too can be encouraged by that same fellowship. So that's why we have the Church of the Week. Here today in the studio, we have Pastor Willie Collins, pastor of Living Faith Fellowship Church in San Antonio. Pastor, welcome to the studio. Thank you for having me here today. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. Well, we're going to try to find out as much as we can about you. All okay. the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so like a plan. I'm just going to be asking you some questions. I want you to just feel free to just share uh, a little bit of your life story. We'll start with that. We'll transition over into ministry to give uh, all the folks an idea of, of what the ministry is about and what God is doing there and just what the Lord has laid in your heart and things like that. But before we get to the ministry part, let's talk about Willie. Okay. Where uh, where are you from? Where were you born? Tell us a little bit about your uh, where you grew up. I'm originally from Sarasota, Florida, uh, born and raised in Sarasota. Uh, graduated high school in 1990, joined the military right after that, 17 years old, came in the military. Um, grew up in a Christian home and all those different things, you know, yeah. just a young little kid just trying to make it out of Sarasota. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I joined the military when I was 17, too. So awesome. Thank you for your service. Appreciate that. Appreciate your support. Uh, did you grow up in a Christian home? I did. I did. Um, uh, like I said, I grew up in a Christian home. My father was murdered when I was three years old, and um, I probably wasn't supposed to turn out as well as I did, you know, but had a mother that put the hammer down mm-hmm. on me pretty good and um, had an opportunity to grow up going in and out of church as a kid. But um, when I turned 12 years old, my mom was like, hey, you know what? I'm not going to make you go to church anymore. It's up to you. And um, like a lot of people, I became a CME. And uh, what a CME is, a Christmas Mother's Easter Saint, uh-huh. you know, one of those kids yeah, that, yeah. you know. And then eventually I just like went when things kind of got rough. I'd go, Lord, if you get me out of this one, you know, a lot of people have been through that. Yeah. But for the most part, um, I tried to stick with the Lord as much as I could. Mm-hmm. Uh, were there times where you just wanted to turn away altogether or did you turn away at any point? Never wanted back? to turn away altogether because um, that foundation was laid pretty mm-hmm. good. And um, I was one of those kids. I didn't want to ever be a statistic. Uh, I wanted to please my mother, be the the child that she said that she prayed for 
and uh, just wanted to be a great example. Um, wasn't a perfect kid, you know, but for the most part, I tried to stay on as much as I did. You know, I went out, uh, went to clubs and different things like that growing up. Never was no drugs, no alcohol or anything like that. But one of the things that I believe that was generational was females. Mm-hmm. And uh, But thank God that he didn't allow me to go down the bad road too bad, and mm-hmm. he was able to bring me back in. Amen. At what point did you turn from a CME Christian to a, a full-time uh, I'm all in? <laughs> um, I would say probably around the time in the early the, the the early 90s. I would say 1994 is when when God brought a friend of mine into my life. His name is Tracy Jackson. He's a minister right now. And uh, he and I, we kind of hung out early on in the military. He was like, hey, man, it's really time for us to turn our life around. Mm. And if we're going to do crazy things in the world together. We might as well get serious about God together. Wow. And it was around about that time. And um, till today, we're still best friends, other than my wife, of course. Yes, of course. You were in the military then? I was. Yeah. I came, Like I said, I came in in 1990, and I just retired from the military 24 years in um, 2014, September of 2014. But um, like you asked, you were asking, when did I get serious? Around about 1994, I say, you know what, let me stop playing around. Hmm. And even with during that time, I still was kind of in and out. Um, I would go to a club here or there or whatever. But I was one of those guys who was like, you know, because I understand that the Bible says faith comes by hearing yeah. and hearing by the word of God. And I knew that if I kept going to church, if I kept going, kept going, sitting under the teachings of the word of God, that would assist me in getting on the right track of where I need to get back to. Hmm. How can you help a mom today that might be uh, experiencing um, a time in their life where their own child who was brought up in the Word, mm-hmm. brought up in church, is kind of off off at a distance? Mm-hmm. Uh, you talked about your mom being a, a strong oh, pillar. Yeah. You know, you, you, was a, you were in a single-family home, mm-hmm. um, uh, praying mom, I imagine. Yes. You know. and she put her hands on me. You know, mm-hmm. like today, yeah. you know, like, don't get me wrong. She didn't abuse me. But, you <laughs> know, the you. Bible says spare the rod, spoil the child. I read that. <laughs> I read that in there. Absolutely. <laughs> but um, she didn't uh, she didn't abuse me, but she she kept me in line. Yeah. And um, and I'm glad that she did. And one of the things I forgot to mention, I did have a stepfather. My stepfather was there, but he wasn't my father. I always longed for my father. But I thank God that he came in and stuck in. But for that single mother that's out there that's having some issues trying to have her son or have her daughter come back to God, I would advise them to love on them, but don't loosen up the reins mm. because some, there are some things that I had gone through in my private life that I was like really hoping that my mom would have said something, did something, but she didn't. But th- it took God to bring some other men into my life to assist along with the process. But like I said before, the foundation had truly been laid already. Yes. Amen. Well, uh, now you're here in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. God's called you here. Yes. Tell me about the calling. How, how is it that you ended up? Did, did the military bring you here? How did oh, you end up man. in San Antonio? The military was just a byproduct. <laughs> <laughs> it was part of the plan. It was just a part of the plan. Yeah. My wife and I, um, like I told you, being in the military, we were over in Okinawa, Japan. We went to Okinawa, Japan in 2006. And while we were there, we were praying and hearing from God where, where our next place uh, of duty should be. And 
one of the things that my wife and I, we talked about, I told her, I was like, hey, because usually each duty station, I could kind of see where I would be the next place. Because, again, we were in Florida. And from Florida, I was like, okay, we want to see Japan. But I was telling my wife, I was like, after Japan, I really don't see myself being anywhere else other than Texas after the military. So we bought a house. Listen to me now. This is total faith, and I knew it was God. We bought a house only having been in Japan for uh, a year. And you have to have some serious faith to believe that this is where we were supposed to be because we didn't know anyone here other than my brother-in-law, and he was in the military. But we had never lived here before. We had only come here one time. But there was a yearning for us to be here, and I really believe that God wanted us to be here. So Mm. we flew from Japan, bought the house, and went back. <laughs> so without any orders, no military orders or anything like that, just really trusting God. God yeah. And it was not until maybe another year or so before we even found out we were coming to San Antonio, wow. just on faith, knowing that this was the place that we were supposed to be. And God brought us here and it's been great ever since. You remind me of the scripture that says faith without works is dead. So you put that works to work. You're yes. Like, okay, I'm going to sign this lease or, or not the lease, but the actual. We built the house. Yeah. Well, we wow. Did. We, we, that's found, faith we, there, brother. Yes, sir. We found a young lady who was a realtor online, gave her, told her, hey, we want to be in this area. And she sent us all the the things that you need to to kind of the colors and different things like that. And we say, okay. And we didn't see the house until we came, flew back to to close on the house. Wow. So So when you moved here, did you already separate from the military at that point? Did you retire? No. no. You were still in the military. You received your orders to come here. Yes. So we came here in um, 2010. Excuse me. December 2009, we moved here. And um, I didn't actually start uh, my duty station because I had other training and different things after that uh, until June of 2010. So once we got here, we settled in. We stayed in that house for about a year or so. No, excuse me, for about a year. And then finally we were able to check out the area. So now God is allowing us to utilize that house for income, supplemental income, because it's rented out now. But again, that was truly a faith walk. But our hunger was to be here because we knew that San Antonio is very diverse. You know, not to say that Houston is not diverse and Dallas is, but I really love what I see here in San Antonio. San Antonio to me is like a big city, but a small town feel. Mm. And I felt like there was an opportunity for us to be used by God here in this city. Yeah, amen. So um, how do you transition from a military mindset to a (laughs) ministry mindset? (laughs) I've always been a person that served. Um, I started out, like I said, in 1994. Um, I helped out in the ministry there because one of the things that I was taught is the best ability is availability. Mm. And if you make yourself available, God will do whatever it is that he needs to do in your life. Because the Bible says that your gift will make room for you and bring you before a great man. So because of that, um, I started serving in ministry, went from there and um, moved to Florida and when we were in Florida, I got an opportunity to be a part of a, what they call a mega ministry there. And I was serving there as well as an armor bearer for Bishop Vaughn McLaughlin. But before even going there, when I was in Chicago, Illinois, my pastor and leader in the faith is uh, E. James Logan at Christian Faith Fellowship Church of Zion. And he was training me, and I didn't even know it. Mm. And he was just preparing me, allowing me to do different things at the church. But again, I made myself available. And because I made myself available, we were able to continue transitioning from one place to another. 
Amen. Well, welcome to San Antonio, although you've been here for several years already. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You've been listening to uh, Pastor Willie Collins. He is a pastor at Living Faith Fellowship Church here, uh, located at 5476 Walsham Road, with Sunday services at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. You're cordially invited uh, to attend uh, either one of those services and uh, more information online at LFFCSA, LFFCSA.org, or call the office at 210 251 4932. The number again is 210-251-4932. Pastor, so tell me about the calling to your life, to or the calling on your life mm-hmm. into full-time ministry. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience and how, how that happened? Absolutely. Um, one of the things, like I said before, I enjoy serving. And when I was in the military, I was a hospital corpsman. And one of the things as a hospital corpsman, we take care of people. So my transition from the military into the full-time ministry was a lot easier than I would say most mm-hmm. because I already had the heart to serve. Did Jesus say the greatest among us is a servant? Right. And because I love to serve people, I wanted to do it on a full-time basis but on a different level, mm-hmm. um, not haughty or anything like that. Can't take that. You better do this. You better do that like I did when I was in the military. But now it's kind of like that servant type of leadership. Yeah. What can I do? What can I utilize from the skills that I had when I was in the military to help out in the community. Mm -hmm. And now God has given me an opportunity to do that, to be able to go into the nursing home, feed the hungry, have community events, bring people in to show them that the church is a great place. It's almost like a hospital. A lot of times in a hospital, you go there sick, but you oftentimes leave well. And we want to, and I believe that God put me in a position to where, again, transition from a hospital corpsman to a pastor to continue to help on. Where yeah. I am now. Awesome. You mentioned something a little while ago regarding uh, ability or uh, availability, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it took me back to when you were three years old and lost your dad mm-hmm. and how you would need that positive right. male role model in your life. Then you talked about uh, uh, your mentor or rather your, your friend in the military that mm-hmm. kind of brought you back to the things of the Lord right. and somebody was there for you. Then later on in life, here you have. Um, uh, this bishop or this mm-hmm. uh, yes. this friend that was in in another state, Illinois, yes, say? In Illinois. right? That kind of also helped you, trained yes. you, and discipled yes. you, and without you even knowing, just right there in that that short moment. Well, in the short moment of, that took me to explain it. Of course, we're talking about it, <laughs> several years, but you have yes. three prominent men that yes. stepped up, or three prominent times in your life where people had an opportunity to step up and be there for you. How can we? What or what can we do as men today, mm-hmm. or as Christians, men or men or women, to make ourselves available? What should we do? Why should we do it to help somebody else that uh, that is before us that we may not even be thinking about? You know, they're there, we see them, but there hasn't really been much thought, much investment into making mm-hmm. sure of saying, you know what, I'm going to step up and mentor this this kid or right. this young man or young woman. Right. What can we do to? I would say. First of all, get out there. A lot of times men are being absent in the homes. And if they're not if they're not in their homes, get out in the street. Tell the young men to pull up their pants. Tell the guys, you know, hey, you don't have to show them. Not only tell them, but show them that there is a better way. Be the example. But also don't talk down to them. Right. A lot of my mentors, um, like I told you before, I had a pastor that that loved, if I may say, loved the H-E-double-L out of me. Mm-hmm. And one of the things about it is he did that 
in love. He was like, man, Willie, you know, you really shouldn't be doing what you were doing. And, uh, but he did it in love. Mm. And because he did it in love, I was able to trust him. He didn't beat me down, but he didn't compromise either. And I think a lot of men should be able to be that man, stand up and be the man that God called them to be. Be that man to be that example, because there are a lot of homes out here where men are absent. And because those men are absent, young men and women are there. They're doing things, trying to fill that void. Mm -hmm. And for me, I just again, I, I just know that I was blessed enough to have people. God strategically placed people in my life. So those voids, each time I may have wanted to kind of go astray he'd put someone there to strategically bring me back but he knew that it had to take a certain type of man a certain type of man in my life because my mother was just like that cornerstone that was like hey i'd hear her voice like no son don't do that Mm -hmm. you know and or i'd feel that feel that uh, those times where she put those switches on me. Come on, somebody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but see, the men of God nowadays, they just really need to be an example. And not, don't act like they've never been anywhere. Don't yeah. act as if they've never had any problems or any trouble. But be be available, for one. Also, open yourself up just a little bit to relate to these young men because they're looking for someone to relate to, not mm. some of these superstars in Hollywood. But there are a lot of men today that are doing some great things in the community. There are a lot of doctors. There are a lot of lawyers. There are a lot of garbage men because my father, before he was murdered, he was a sanitation worker. And he was, from what I understood, other than being a ladies man, they said that he was a great example in our home before all those things happen to him. Mm-hmm. Now, since we're just talking about this, what now can you say to the young man that's listening now or the young lady that's listening now that hasn't had someone to be there for them mm-hmm. uh, and, and correct them in a, in a sense and bring them back to the things of the, of the Lord? And maybe they're tuning in, they're listening now, and they've, they, they've been hearing the Word of God but really haven't made a change. Mm-hmm. They don't have anybody that they feel they can go to. Right. How can we help that person today? What I would, person do? I would say to that young man or woman, divide yourself from the negativity, first of all. Separate yourself from those people who claim to be your friend or, or those different things, and then you know that they're doing wrong. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times these young men and women, they know right from wrong because they yes. were taught that. So now it's time for them to say, you know, okay, your personal relationship with God, God is, he gives us all a personal relationship, and he loves us. So First of all, tap into that love from God. And then second of all, allow yourself to change your environment, even if you're living in the hood. Because oftentimes I tell the people when we're in the military, no matter where you go, no matter even now after the military, they were able to relate to you because you were in the military. Now, as children of God, we need to be able to do the same thing. I don't care what your nationality is. I don't care what your culture is. I don't care what your your ethnicity is, Mm -hmm. whatever the case may be. Be willing to step outside of your comfort zone and be willing to make a change in yourself and say, hey, you know what? I am somebody despite of what it is, because, again, like I told you before. My father wasn't there. I was my father was taken from me when I was three years old. But I had to have capitalized on the things that my mother put in me Mm -hmm. because the Bible says greater is in me than he who is in the world. So I got to make sure that I get to a place where I say I know that I'm great, not that I'm haughty, not that I'm pumped up or anything like that. But I know that I am somebody. Mm -hmm. And when once that person can get to the a place where they can look in the mirror and say, hey, I am somebody and then 
Find someone that's a good example because these kids, they know. They know that who's not good. The drug dealer is not the good example. He or she is lost as well. But then if you can find someone that's working at a recreational facility, someone who's working at a church, someone who's working at a um, like sports community, a coach, a janitor, whatever the case may be, your counselor at your school, it doesn't pay to be popular and be dead. Hmm. But if you can get to a place in your life where you understand that God is in control of your life, that he created you, that he loves you, that he wants the best for you. And then on top of that, to close that all off, that's your royalty, because we are a peculiar priesthood. God called us to be royalty. And once we understand who we are, get rid of that identity crisis, you can walk in the best of God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Words from Pastor Willie Collins. Pastor, let, let's learn about your church now. You're uh, here and you, you're uh, pastoring Living Faith Fellowship Church. Is this a church that you planted? Did mm-hmm. you take it over? Tell us about that. Well, we started out about a year to almost to the day before I got out of the military. My bishop, again, you know, Bishop Logan, he, he says, son, it'd probably be a great idea for you to start the ministry at least a year out before you get out of the military. So it, it, the transition would be a lot smoother. Mm. And because of that, we were able to do that. We started out in a couple of different hotels, just really trust and faith. We didn't do like a lot of other people. We didn't start a Bible study. We didn't do any of those things like that because I've seen the hand of God do things for me supernaturally like he hasn't done for a lot of other people Mm. so because of that we were able to start out and start on faith and just trust god so now we're in a community right there on walls and road where we understand that god has placed us there for a time such as this we're a multicultural ministry we are we love god we're we're not that type of church where if you walk in with a suit on or if you walk in with your pants sagging we're going to treat that anyone any different so we understand that god looks at the heart of a man and not their outer appearance yeah. so now we want a place where well we have a place where people can come in in all walks of life you can be a doctor you'll feel comfortable in there you can be a homeless person you'll be comfortable in there because we want the, un- the people to understand that we're just a representative of the kingdom Mm-hmm. And we understand that we can't take this lightly. At the end of the day, God chose us, my wife and I, to represent his business yeah. because the kingdom of God is a business, not just like a, a corporate job or whatever, but it's the biggest business on earth. Mm-hmm. And so he said, you know what, Willie, I chose you. Even though your father was murdered at three years old, I'm still going to use you. Although you've traveled around the world, you've gone to Africa, I mean, excuse me, to Africa, not Africa, Australia, Japan, all these different places or whatever, but you're still humble enough to go and be able to relate to anybody that you come in contact with. Yeah. So we are, again, a, a believers, a group of people who love God, who want to help people to progress in life, but also not only just to help them, but to help them so they can help others mm-hmm. because we want to be able to pay it forward. Take the things that we learn, teach them how to buy homes, teach them how to live in their homes outside of the benediction, you know, so you have the, the invocation, we pray and open up in service and then we close it out. We want to be able to teach them how to live once they go home from mm. fellowshipping with us. Wow. So very good. Excellent. Tell us about the, are there different types of ministries um, within, within church? Yes. Um, right now 
we have a few things that we're doing. We have our children's ministry that we're really trying to grow up and that um, we're looking for some people to come in and do our praise and worship. We don't we don't have a choir as of yet. But again, one of the things that we have to understand that we can't compromise that because there are people that are compromising, allowing anyone else to get over and spew over the people with mm-hmm. those ungodly spirits. And Satan wants to do everything that he can in that. Sure so enough. we're trusting God for that. But we have our, um, our, like I said, our children's ministry. We have our outreach ministry. We have our prayer ministry. So right now we're still at a stage where we're continually trying to grow. But most important, our outreach ministry, because we need to let people know that if you don't come inside the walls of the four, ch- the four walls of the church, it's okay. Because we're going to come to you. Because, again, Jesus told us in Matthew 28, he said, go out into the world and make disciples. So now if we go out there and teach them, we don't have to carry a Bible. A lot of times I've interacted with quite a few people and they didn't even know I was a pastor. Mm -hmm. And I like that. I take that as a compliment because I don't I don't want to look like the world. But I don't want to look like that traditional pastor either because I want people to be able to relate to me and help them understand that I, too, am a man that's, that was a sinner that God has saved. Mm-hmm. Amen. As you are teaching, as you are discipling, um, and when that day comes, that mm-hmm. inevitable day that uh, Lord calls you home, mm-hmm. if you have a moment to be able to reflect on your life, what do you want to be your proudest moment in your life? I want people to know that I truly love God, that I love my wife, and that my children are my children's hero and not someone else. And I want them to know that I made an impact, that God used me to make an impact on my community. And if I'm gone, they will know that someone has left. Wow. That's awesome. (laughs) To God be the glory. Well, Pastor, I want to thank you for uh, spending a few minutes here with us. I'd like for you to just... uh, uh, out of your own words, just extend an invitation to folks. Tell them what you want to tell them uh, more about the ministry and give us the contact information one more time and how to be able to find you. Awesome. Well, if you're out there and you're looking for a true family church, a family of believers that truly love God, come and visit us at Living Faith Fellowship Church at 5476 Walsham Road. We have our services on Sunday at 10 a.m. And also at Wednesday night Bible study, non-traditional Bible studies, I always like to tell people this is the time where we're actually able to interact with the people. And it's not the pastor that's just standing up there talking to the people. But also you can visit our website at www.lffcsa.org. But again, if you want to be in a place where you feel loved and feel comfortable and not compromising your faith, come on and fellowship with us at Living Faith Fellowship Church. Amen. Pastor Collins, thanks for your time. Thank you. Appreciate it. For the rest of you, thank you so much for joining us today. Hope you learned something. Get out. Go to church. I'm Mark Longoria. God bless you. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you got a chance to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.